0: Fomi was spying on Trump. The reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy... No American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh, wait. Unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our latest weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A lot to talk about. A lot of news in the COVID fight, Uh, big changes in government policy or recommendations on masking. And a big debate has broken out uh, about uh, the nature uh, and origin of the Wuhan virus. Uh, we have a new lawsuit about the uh, targeting of free speech. This time by the Pentagon. This time against Tucker Carlson and Fox News. Plus, we have more scandal information about Maxine Waters, who is seemingly abusing her uh, position uh, for security purposes. Which uh, is, is, you're just gonna you're not gonna believe. Well, maybe you will. What I'm going to tell you about. You know, first up is the big news this week uh, that the Centers for Disease Control have updated their guidance to suggest that mask wearing is not necessary uh, for vaccinated people in most indoor and outdoor settings. There are exceptions to this, uh, but uh, it's a big turnaround. In fact, I I think I'm suffering whiplash uh, from the uh, radical change in policy uh, by the Biden-controlled Centers for Disease Control. Uh, this policy uh, is at odds with what it was and top leaders in the administration were saying uh, just a day or two before the change in policy. And it's obviously a political change. It's, it's mostly welcome in the sense that uh, the idea that mask wearing is effective in curtailing coronavirus or COVID or any other virus, there's no study saying that that's the case in terms of it being proven. There's studies that suggest it might be helpful, uh, but they don't know whether it would uh, curtail the uh, uh, spread of a uh, coronavirus. There's no Fauci gold standard study that masks are an effective intervention, or mask mandates specifically are an effective intervention in curtailing the spread of coronavirus. In fact, observational data suggests uh, it had, makes no difference in that, frankly, none of the public health mitigation measures recommended over the last year uh, have much to do with the spread of coronavirus. You know, so it was all for what? That's the big scandal, frankly, that I think needs to be understood and thoroughly investigated. Uh, But uh, what I don't like about the CDC recommendation is kind of the impetus it gives uh, for uh, the issuance or the use or uh, momentum behind vaccine passports, because the suggestion is that if you're not vaccinated, you ought to be wearing a mask. Now, what if you're a business? What do you do? Well, in the District of Columbia, my understanding of the most recent rules, they haven't been updated in light of the CDC guidance, is that businesses can ask people to cite proof of vaccination in order to remain unmasked. Do you think that's appropriate? Do you think your privacy should be invaded in order for you to go shopping maskless in a supermarket or a uh, retail establishment or in a bank or anywhere else Uh, especially given the lack of science that masks are uh, um, effective in controlling the spread of coronavirus now if you want to wear a mask more power to you i mean if you think it if it makes you feel better that's fine uh but uh The left, of course, is is kind of upset about this because they uh, kind of recognize that when you say only that vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, you know, unless someone's checking, why would anyone wear a mask? You know, and and the political nature of the CDC's operations has been exposed further by uh, this, this mask guidance that changes on a dime. And as I've been explaining to you on our weekly update and anywhere else I could, uh, the CDC is a corrupt agency just the way other big government agencies are corrupt. They're politicized, they're controlled by the ideological left, partisan Democrats as well. And uh, so the idea that that's about the science is uh, a scam any more than the Justice Department is about justice. I don't trust the justice department i don't trust the cia i don't trust the nsa i don't trust cdc it's all part of the government now it doesn't mean they don't do good things now and again it doesn't mean they don't have good people working down again I mean, and frankly it's just silly to point that out isn't it but institutionally uh they are corrupt i mean you're seeing this with cdc you've seen it with nih you've seen it with frankly, all over the place on coronavirus, all these public health agencies. So uh, the other big debate, obviously, are, are are the vaccinations. Now it's been allowed for, it's been emergency youth authorization has been extended to children, uh, or those, I think, uh, 12 to uh, 15. Uh, I think the current authorization allows anyone 16 and older to get uh, the, uh, t- two or three available vaccines that are out there. Uh, and so, uh, there's been this big push to kind of incentivize, some would say coerce those who don't want to get the vaccine in, t- in order to get them to get the vaccine In Ohio, they're wasting tax dollars. It seems to me on a lottery system that, uh, you're eligible for cash from the government million dollars. Your, your money, by the way, this is federal money they're using. Remember that giant coronavirus bill that passed under Biden? Well, this is what they're spending the money on. Not to help people, but to have this cockamamie lottery system give a million dollars to people who win, who, who, who are vaccinated. It's like giving cigarettes to people or beer or something in exchange for medical treatment. It's really, um, it's really troubling. So, what Judicial Watch is investigating uh, the vaccine. We're investigating the uh, uh, vaccine, event, uh, uh, the vaccine adverse event reporting system, theirs it's called, uh, and uh, because I don't know about you. I don't trust the government to be forthright about anything these days. I mean if you if you want to take the vaccine that's that's your choice. you have that choice. But my question is that the American people have uh, the full information about that choice. do they? Do you think they do? Well I don't. And uh, so judicial watches ask questions. Of course, we're getting stonewalled as we always are. And uh, the government thinks they're above the law when it comes to uh, being accountable to the American people through the Freedom of Information Act, which gives us access to these documents. So what are they hiding? What are they hiding? In a related story, there was a big fight this week in the Senate between Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, who's also a medical doctor, and Dr. Fauci, about Fauci's support or the government's support, Fauci uh, is a key official in this area, about uh, what is known as gain-of-function research. Now, gain-of-function research, as best as I'm able to describe it, is the uh, manipulation of viruses by scientists in order to make them more communicable in terms of being able to better infect human populations and the And the alleged goal of this is to say, well, if this virus is out in the wild, what happens if it mutates? What would happen uh, if it mutates and is able to jump into the human population? What would be the effects? So, what they're trying to do is to study the effects in order to be prepared if it jumps into the human population. Now, the problem with that is this process can potentially, in theory as you might guess, result in the viruses getting out anyway before we know what to do about it. So what we're doing is we're actually creating and 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 making the viruses more likely to infect and trouble human beings without being adequately prepared. Now, Dr. Fauci was pushed on this issue because uh, it's been well reported. That federal funding has gone to this type of research, both here in the United States and abroad. Specifically, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where the virus first arose. And so the question is: Did the virus was the was the virus part of this gain of research, uh, gain of function research, and was that the reason uh, it got out of the lab? Now, the theory, working theory is it was accidental. More suspicious types think that it wasn't. But uh, it, the question is, is, it a, is it a, a virus essentially of human orig, origin or engineering? And so it's an open question. Now, is it a conclusive? Is it conclusive that that's the issue or that, that the virus originated uh, out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology or any other lab? No. I mean, there's still a possibility it was a, a naturally evolved virus that went from a bat to uh, inter- intermediate species. Let's say, a, I don't know, a rat, and then got into the human population. Or there's slightly less chance that it just went from the bat right to the human population. But there's also strong evidence that, it uh, and I, I can, I, I'm... Uh, you know, I've read enough about it to be confident that there's strong evidence, but I'm not confident enough in scientifically to describe it in a way that would be responsible. But there's strong evidence that the virus was engineered. And one of those pieces of strong evidence in terms of government information is a State Department finding intelligence information that was, came out that uh, people who worked at the lab We were sickened with COVID like symptoms in fall of 2019, shortly before the virus erupted around the world. So, all that's out there. And for a long time, we weren't allowed to even raise the issue because of the pro China lobby, both here in Washington, D.C., in the United States, in the media, and internationally. Because, as you know, China has outside influence with the World Health Organization, as President Trump rightly pointed out. So uh, judicial watch, of course, hasn't been cowed by what we're allowed to ask versus what we're not allowed to ask. I mean, this is this is the totalitarian um, instinct uh, that's so prevalent these days that we're not even allowed to ask questions. We're not even allowed to think to say, why, how did this happen? And why is it we should accept your reassurances from a totalitarian regime that it didn't happen? Some insurances were presented by people who were actually potentially involved in this type of gain of function research and may have been more directly involved in the funding of it, specifically in Wuhan. Now you would think this would be a big matter of public investigation, it isn't. As best as I can tell, Judicial Watch is the only one who is sued for information about US funding of this gain of function research and specifically monies that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, your money. And there's a, it's not only uh, a third party that was funding this with your tax dollars, uh, but it looks like uh, the Chinese were working with U.S. scientists here, including Dr. Uh, Dr. Barrick, as uh, Senator Rand Paul pointed out, in North Carolina. And, uh, and, and Dr. Fauci said, well, he's not doing gain-of-function research. And if he is, it's under, proper super, under the proper rules. How does that work? Is he or not? Is he or not? And why are they hiding the documents? We asked for these documents over a year ago. Give us documents about this gain-of-function research. And they refused to give it to us. So we're in federal court about it. And I blame Dr. Fauci for the delay. Why is it I blame Dr. Fauci for the delay? Because in another case, where we're asking for documents about, uh, from Fauci and his top deputy, about their communications with WHO, concerning COVID in China. And then the government's been giving us documents. I've talked about some of what those documents have shown, including this deference to China, and allowing China to uh, dictate terms What U.S. government officials were allowed to say about the investigations into Wuhan? And in that case, one of the reasons we've been slow rolled, the government admits to us, is that Dr. Fauci has to review the material. Since when does that take place? I mean, I've been doing this work at Judicial Watch 23 years, 23 years. And this is the first time that I can recall where the senior government official, the government comes out amidst the head of the agency is reviewing these documents. And this is why you're going to have, it's going to take forever and a day for you to get them. Is that going on in this other case about Wuhan? Why, why are they hiding these records from us? How many records could there be about this fund? It can't be a lot. Maybe there are or maybe there aren't, but they don't want what's out there to come out. <laughs> So once again, it's Judicial Watch doing the basic heavy lifting on the virus of the millennium, really, isn't it? In terms of its economic impact on the world. Much of which was, didn't have to be as much as it was, because as I said earlier, much of the public, much of the mitigation efforts that were so damaging to the economy, to livelihoods, to our health, both both physical and mental, to children were unneeded. Unneeded. And had little to do with the spread of the virus in terms of either speeding it along or stopping it. And it's Judicial Watch who's doing the basic litigation on, well, tell us what's going on with China. And COVID, tell us what was going on with the money. Give us your emails. Congress isn't doing it. And now it used to be we weren't even allowed to ask these questions as I suggested. Now the media is beginning to ask the questions because everyone, you know, this is this is what's so uh, really outrageous about this is that. Pretty much every serious scientist, and I say this knowing that there were a few who, you know, in good faith thought this, yeah, it could have been released, but it could have been engineered. But, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways and viruses like this, even though it looks like how is it possible this, this came out at the time? Well, you know, nature. So there are scientists who don't think it was engineered. That's true. But many did, and many were concerned enough to say, why aren't we even asking the question? And we weren't allowed to ask the question, specifically because Donald Trump was asking the question. And we're all supposed to hate Donald Trump, the media tells us. And so Donald Trump, uh, because he asked the question, no one else was allowed to ask the question. That's the totalitarian impulse again at work. So who do you trust to figure this out? You can trust Judicial Watch. So um, speaking of the totalitarian impulse, we have another interesting lawsuit that we filed, uh, this time concerning Tucker Carlson and Fox News. You recall that Tucker Carlson, uh, uh, there was a big controversy with Tucker Carlson because um, he essentially was on his television program You know, he was talking about how the Chinese military was was kind of strengthening itself and uh, he criticized uh, the Pentagon uh, and our military, uh, in part saying, so we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. And this is what was being promoted by the Pentagon at the time. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. Well, China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. So the politically correct, controlled Biden Pentagon, and I suspect this probably would have happened under the Trump administration, too, since the Pentagon has long been out of control in terms of social engineering, uh, attacked Tucker Carlson for criticizing the military. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby said that Defense Secretary Austin, Lloyd Austin, was revulsed by Carlson's comments. Other military Twitter accounts were also used to attack Carlson's views. And these are the specific accounts that were used, according to a letter from Senator Ted Cruz, who demanded accountability from the uh, Pentagon. These are the letters that were used. The, these are some of the official Twitter and social media accounts that were used to attack a media figure for criticizing efforts that Tucker Carlson saw that would actually weaken the military, criticizing moves that would weaken the military, according to Tucker. The senior command uh, the Command Senior Enlisted Leader of the U.S. Space Command, the Sergeant Major of the Army, the commanding General of the U.S. Army Maneuver Center of Excellence, and the Commanding Officer of the Marine Expeditionary Force Information Group. Throughout this campaign, military leaders have suggested and insinuated it is out of bounds for civilians to criticize the military unless they serve. The left loves to do that by the way you're not allowed to criticize the military unless you're a veteran of course they don't they i'm always interested in knowing what else we're not allowed to criticize but that's the way the left is they don't want you to criticize there's always reasons to suppress your speech isn't there so these are government officials who are abusing their roles and abusing government resources to attack a citizen for criticizing and so what Judicial Watch did was we asked for records. We asked for all ma- emails between Biden's Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, Lloyd Austin, and email accounts ending in .gov and or .mil, meaning government emails, containing the terms Tucker Carlson and or Fox News. All emails sent between the Chairman and Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley and email accounts ending in go- .gov or .mil containing the terms Tucker Carlson or Fox News. And all emails between Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, John Height, and email accounts ending in .gov or .mil, containing the names Tucker Carlson and or Fox News. So what are we asking? We're asking him for um, then the search free email accounts for documents. And free email accounts Documents over the course of two weeks. So, we're not saying give us all your emails that you've made or you've written and the, since you've been put into place. We said give us all emails related to these two specific search terms between um, the time period of March 1st and March 16th. And we have gotten nothing. So, we're now in federal court. So, here we have Pentagon officials. Senior military officials attacking a civilian for criticizing efforts to undermine the military. So, this is the military attacking those who are trying to support a strong military. That's the irony of it. And as Senator Cruz said, since when does the Pentagon declare war on a domestic news operation? We can't remember that ever happening, but we're going to pass on that because this is bigger than a feud. With some flack with the Pentagon. This is genuinely worrisome. This was an all-hands-on-deck, it looked like, effort to smear Tucker Carlson. And as I said in our document, uh, in our release about this, Judicial Watch is disturbed about the Pentagon's illicit secrecy about its coordinated attacks on the First Amendment-protected speech of Tucker Carlson. The fact that we must take the Pentagon to federal court for these documents, as I say repeatedly, If we're taking you to court for basic information, it suggests you have something to hide. And excuse me, that quote I read about um, it being generally worrisome, that was Tucker Carlson. That wasn't Senator Cruz. I mean, if you're the target of the military, a coordinated attack by the military, normally you're an enemy of the United States. Of course, it's going to be worrisome. And this is what Senator Cruz actually said. I'm deeply troubled that the comments you made and the military's broader obligation to avoid political endorsements and controversy are being systematically undermined for the sake of left-wing ideology and political expediency. The last week has witnessed the Pentagon mobilize systematic public attacks against against television host Tucker Carlson that in substance tone and political resonance are inexplicably inappropriate. Now, the Department of Defense has rules about how members of the U.S. military can participate in politics. It's the military. They have rules about everything. Active military members may express a personal opinion or a politi- on political candidates and issues. So you're, you don't lose your First Amendment rights, all of them at least, as a member of the military. But you are limited. You can't express opinions on behalf of or, in represent, or as a representative of the U.S. military. So that's the distinction when you're wearing the uniform when you involve yourself in politics in politics that's prohibited as military.com stated the the DOD's regulations the Dep- Department of Defense are guided mostly by the Hatch Act a federal law passed in 1939 restricting certain types of political activity among military members and other federal employees So if you're a government bureaucrat, you know, you have your First Amendment protected rights. If you're a member of the military, you have your First Amendment protected rights. But you can't use that position to advocate advocate for policy positions and get involved in politics, essentially taking our tax dollars to advance a personal political agenda. So once again, it's judicial watch to the rescue trying to get basic information on this assault on free speech by the Biden Pentagon and uh the rest of the media doesn't care uh because the me- much of the media actually opposes the first amendment they want to suppress the first amendment protected rights of citizens and their competitors for political reasons so I'll let you know if we get anything and uh, or if we get anything good sometimes we get stuff and there's nothing to say because there's you know nothing there or they haven't given us anything so we'll see so stay tuned, as I like to say. Uh, we have another big story uh, that we put out this week uh, through our Corruption Chronicles blog, and I've, I encourage you to go to our website regularly to look at our various blogs. We have the Corruption Chronicles blog, we have our investigative bulletin, and we have our other blogs or deep dives and such like that. Uh, so we uh, talk about all the things we're finding uh, beyond our lawsuits often, and in this case, we had um, uh, information that we reported on about Maxine Waters. You may recall she went out to Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where she incited violence and intimidated a jury uh, in the Chauvin trial. And we filed an ethics complaint about that. Well, the v- there's uh, it turned out that she had special security on her flight to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, excuse me. The federal air marshals were yanked from a high risk flight so Congressman Waters could have extra security during that trip. Though she was already covered by four, four people, four man detail, consisting of two Capitol Hill police officers and two Secret Service agents, according to multiple law enforcement sources interviewed by Judicial Watch. The veteran federal air marshal sources say the California Democrat had two air marshals reassigned to a plane that would otherwise not qualify because it was not considered high risk. The union represents thousands of air marshals nationwide. And this is the quote, two air marshals were pulled off a high-risk flight so Maxine Waters' aircraft could have six armed agents. And this comes to us from Sonia Hightower-Labasco, who's uh, not only retired uh, federal marshal herself, but uh, uh, executive director of the Air Marshal National Council, uh, she said that added, she added that the two additional armed agents met the congresswoman on the ground, so it was an escort. Um, federal Royal marshals are federal law enforcement uh, personnel; they're, they're 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 federal law enforcement uh, who uh, primary function is to protect commercial flights. Now you may recall that that program was beefed up significantly after. 9-11 and they what they do are designed is to uh, deter and uh and counter uh and counter risks associated with air travel um, and terrorist activity piracy and other criminal activities um, however and it isn't just um air travel I think they can it's all over they can be on buses and planes I mean trains as well uh but last year so this isn't just maxine waters this isn't just the maxine Waters scandal congress had was given access to the air Marshal protection service system um, under a vip program and uh, so they get uh, extra protection even though as we see with maxine waters they have the capitol hill police and the secret service that provide additional protection where need be and the problem is that what happens is when There's limited resources, so they have sensitive flights that presumably they have to cover. I mean, think of a flight between Washington and New York, or an overseas flight to a sensitive destination where their security may not be as strong on one end and they want to be sure the flight is going to be subject to hijacking, or they get intelligence that the flight's being monitored or, or potentially threatened. So they want someone on the plane just in case. But those people aren't on those planes because they're protecting Maxine Waters or another member of Congress. According to a whistleblower complaint, the program has left a glaring hole in America's aviation security. Recently, the Federal Air Marshal Service has assigned a full-time position at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. to take requests from congressional members for Federal Air Marshal coverage of flights these congressional members are on. So they're now taking, uh, according to this complaint, they're taking federal air marshals off of flights that need protection to provide extra security to members of Congress. Now, I think members of Congress don't have enough security. Right? I, I don't think they have enough security. I don't believe and I don't like the fencing around the Capitol it doesn't mean the capital has enough security either in terms of being secure enough this doesn't mean they decimate a law enforcement agency that has a specific mission to patch a hole for security issues related to another branch of government and 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 the and the whistleblower complaint specifically cites this Waters request for extra security. Now, of course, the irony is that Maxine Waters and other leftists uh, are always talking about defunding the police. They're um, like largely against the second amendment, but they benefit from this armed security and expert security um, provided by federal law enforcement. It's again, it's rules for thee and not for me when you're a member of Congress. And the added irony is she went and interfered with a trial of a law enforcement officer, raising questions about whether the trial was fair or not. And the outcome was fair or not. Now, we filed a Freedom of Information Act request with DHS for documents associated with the Delta Airlines flight that she took from the, she took her flight from Dulles here in Washington, D.C. Dulles is a, uh, airport just about 20 miles outside uh, Washington D.C. to the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. In the in the records request, uh, we were direct. We said that the Waters request raised the potential that Waters raised the potential for violence, directed lawlessness, and may have interfered with a coequal branch of government. Furthermore, Judicial Watch points out that it's still not known what authorized official government business the Congresswoman who represents Los Angeles in the House was attending to in Minnesota. And we highlighted the fact that her appearance tended to be seen to be for personal gain. So it wasn't government business she was on that we're concerned about. And as the former Federal Air Marshal, Ms. Hi, Tara Luboska said. She was an air marshal. She's a former police officer, and then was an air marshal for twelve years. How do you go out and promote defunding the police, then call for more police protection yourself personally? So, Judicial Watch has a pending ethics complaint against, as I said, Maxine Waters over her uh, calls for incitement, her incitement for violence that a judge called in for, um, uh, abhorrent. Remember, she said that she called protesters to get more confrontational if the jury did not convict Joven. We got to stay on the street. We got to get more active. We got to get more confrontational. We got to make sure they know that we mean business. How do you interpret that? And she did that while having security, at least in terms of getting there, provided by your tax dollar, Again, I'm not suggesting she doesn't need security protection. I'm suggesting is that abusing the federal land marshal to shepherd congressmen around to go around in circumstances like this is something we want more information on. And it was thanks to Judicial Watch that this has been uncovered. And I encourage you to go to our website, read more about it, And share it. The media doesn't want to talk about this stuff, right? They want to talk about Matt Gates. They want to talk about Marsha Kelly Green. They want to talk about all the terrible conservatives in Washington D.C., right? But they don't want to talk about the kind of the arrogance and lawlessness of government officials who abuse their positions to advance a personal agenda. And uh, so, Judicial Watch is the information. You can read it yourself, and I encourage you to share it. And this is why, again, I love Judicial Watch, so we we do the FOIA. We do basic investigative journalism that much of the big media just simply refuses to do or suppresses because it's politically inconvenient. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.